Welcome to the Beltway Broadcast, the premier podcast for the workplace learning and talent development professionals of the Association for Talent Development's Metro DC chapter. We've got some great resources in store for you today. Hello, fellow ATDers. I'm Stephanie Hubka, the 2021 Vice President of Finance for the Metro DC chapter of ETD. And I'm Christina Eanes, the 2021 Director of Virtual Programs. And I'm Leticia Niago, Vice President of Learning. We also have Helena Hodges, the Director of Technology and Operations, as our producer. And for this episode, we are interviewing an instructional designer at Fairfax University of America, as well as our very own Metro DC ATD Director of Communities of Practice, Dr. Bashra Zawawi. Welcome, Bashra. Hey, how are you? We are so excited that you are joining us today, not just because we love you and you're a phenomenal chapter leader, but also because the topic that we are about to spend some time chatting about is so important. It's honestly one of my all-time favorite things to talk about. We're going to be discussing the value of strategic planning for L&D programs. And before we get into that, and I I guess you can probably tell I am really excited to hop into that, we would (laughs) love it if you would tell us a little bit more about you. Thanks, uh, Stephanie, for this introduction. Stephanie said, my name is Bushra Zawawi. I am an instructional designer and in between job transitions. So I used to work with the Department of Interior as a contractor through cyber media technologies. And starting next week, I am going to work also as instructional designer, but with Fairfax University of America. I have a PhD in learning technologies design research from George Mason University. I am a mother of four beautiful children. I also dedicate some of my time, as uh, Stephanie said, to volunteer with uh, the ATDDC chapter as a director of COTs. This is my second year volunteering with the um, uh, with the chapter, and I, I look forward to continuing that for next year. Well, we are really fortunate to have you and your expertise as part of our chapter leadership, and certainly within the industry too. And That's why I think we're really fortunate to get to hear from you about strategic planning. So why don't we dive right in? I would love it if you could share a little bit about your perspective on why strategic planning has so much significance when it comes to L&D programming. Sure. So simply put, strategic planning helps you uh, set targets for you and your team and then assess whether you were able to reach your goals or not. So when you lead a team, you need to make sure you have a clear vision so all team members can work towards the, the same vision. Uh, in our case, for example, the COPs are part of a bigger organization, which is the whole uh, chapter. So we need strategic planning to make sure that we're not just fulfilling the COP's goal, but uh, we're also supporting the uh, chapter's vision as a whole. I think that's so important, especially when you're thinking about vision. You know, especially Mm -hmm. from the perspective of trying to reach something, goals being part of that, but really what that ultimate vision looks like, how some of the strategies and the processes and the programs that you have in place for L&D are all helping you to achieve and to reach some of those ideas. So I'm glad you mentioned that. I think it's really essential. Yeah. And I'm curious, too, when you're thinking about strategic planning, what are some of the skills that you find are most relevant? So if an L&D practitioner is thinking about 
incorporating strategic planning or starting to build that capacity, what are the skills that are really necessary for success? Yeah, sure. So the first skill is to know what does strategic planning mean, right? Uh, you know, to know you you have to know what you're uh, going forward. Uh, what are you gonna do with it? If, if you Google strategic planning, most definitions will talk about like creating a vision uh, and a mission statement for your organization, and then you have you should have a list of goals or objectives to accomplish the uh, the the vision or mission. And then for me, the, the most important item is the plan. How are you planning on reaching these goals or objectives? So I, I don't really care how simple or complicated or even fancy the, the vision may read. The key aspect is the plan. How are you going to go there? So for the COPs, I came across the OKR Goal Setting System by Flip Castro. And OKR stands for Objectives and Key Results. So for the OKR system, it was a successful system that was uh, adopted by well-known companies like Google, Spotify, Twitter, Airbnb, and LinkedIn. And from the from the name, like OKR, it has two components, as I mentioned, objectives and key results. So the, the objective uh, has to be simple, uh, has to be easy to remember. It has to have a qualitative nature for describing what you want to achieve. And when it comes to the key results, there are two types of key results, right? The first one is activity-based, and the second one is the value-based. So for the activity-based key results, it focuses on accomplishing specific projects or products. And usually you'll have uh, verbs in and then like you deliver something or complete something. Uh, when you go to the value-based key results, you are focusing more towards quantitative measurable metrics to help you gauge your uh, accomplishments. And then usually you'll have words such as like increase something or decrease something. And then there is a number value attached to that um, key result. We are talking about creating anywhere from two to five key results for each of your objectives. And then the last part is identifying the tasks that your team members need to complete to achieve the key results. So it's kind of like a hierarchy if you want to look at it. So first you start with an overarching objectives and then below each objective you'll have these key results, and then below that, you'll have the, the tasks that help you achieve the, the key results. So just to simplify things, because it sounds like very technical, I can give you like an example of how I created uh, the OKR for the COPs. So the, the fir- first thing, I, I reviewed the uh, chapter's mission, right? We, we needed something that uh, uh, are in compliance with uh, the overall chapter's uh, mission statement. And then after that, I created the uh, COP's uh, objectives around them, and we had three objectives. So the first one was to create a lively, engaging learning experiences. And then the second one is to build a strong network of experts and professionals. And then the last one is to help develop members' knowledge and skills. I then developed from one to six key results for each of these three objectives. So so I did that before meeting with the COP leaders. Uh, During the meeting, I presented that to the COP leaders and asked them to list the things that they want to start doing or continue doing uh, for next year. And then I took all the th- items that they mentioned and tried to match them with the uh, key results that I uh, previously identified. 
And so finally, we ended up with a finalized list of tasks that I shared with the COP leaders. And we continued actually to visit these tasks to make sure that we are supporting the, the key results based on these tasks. I love the process that you outlined. It's so clear. It's so straightforward. And it's the mm-hmm. kind of process that any of us would be able to implement in our organizations, right. whether we're volunteers mm-hmm. in a nonprofit, kind of like we happen to be. This also would work really well for organizations, you know, for example, for an L&D department who may not have a strategic plan in place, but really can see the benefit to unifying around one and having those goals and that vision that they're working toward. Right. Um, I'm curious too, and this is a little bit of a leading question because I think this is something that you've done really well, especially with our chapter. I'd love to hear your thoughts on how communication contributes to success and to bringing a team together as far as their buy-in and feeling like they have ownership. Because I know that that's something that you've worked really hard on as far as making sure that COP leaders, for example, have an opportunity to get together and to meet and to have conversations. Mm -hmm. Right. So actually, this is built within the the OKR system. The the first thing that um, if you are planning to apply OKR is to know that this is an agile process. It's not like a set on stone. You create this mission, these goals, objectives, and then the key result, and you have to follow them all the way till the end of the year until you reassess. This is more of, like, as I said, an agile uh, process. You need to involve the, the members early on. You need to review the, the objectives, the, the key results, the tasks, just to make sure that everything is working, if there is anything that's leaking or is not uh, supporting to where you want to go, you can easily identify that item and then remove it or adjust it, which is exactly what we were doing with the COP leaders. I included them early on in the, in the process. We wanted to make sure that it's not in isolation of what they're doing, of what they're uh, seeing what are the things that they that worked last year, what are the things that really were, were not um, effective, uh, so we would remove them from the uh, list of tasks. So it's not just like um, uh, having list of tasks to these and giving them to, to, the, to the members or the, the leaders and asking them to have something to report on quarterly or at the end of the year. It's, it's, it's an engagement, as you said. It's a, it's a type of communication that you want to continue to have to build to successfully reach your um, end result. Yeah, I really like that too. It really helps people to understand the very important role that they play in success. Mm-hmm. And that really does, I think, kind of keep people at the table. It keeps them kind of leaning into those conversations and feeling like they're a part of something very important. So let me ask you this too. Thinking about success, how do you know when your strategic planning has been successful? Is it as simple as just achieving the goals that you set out to achieve? Or is there anything more to it than that? As I mentioned, you have key results, right? You have these objectives and you have key results, which will tell you exactly if your plan working or something needs to be adjusted. And the the key results, whether you apply the activity-based key results or the value-based key results, you can tell that there is something you're you're doing or there is something uh, you need to revisit. 
So for the activity-based key results, it, it's a tangible uh, end result. It's a product. It's a project that you complete or, or uh, finish. If you completed the project, you know that you are getting closer to um, achieving the, the the overall objective. Same thing with the value-based key result. If you if the customer satisfaction, for example, as is increasing, um, as reaching the the percentage that you set at the beginning, so you know that things are working. If not, you will identify the the problems and then try to to fix it as soon as possible. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that makes a lot of sense. In a situation where strategic planning maybe isn't going quite as well as you'd expect, perhaps you put together a plan, but you mm. find after a couple of months that maybe you're not really achieving what you set out to achieve, or you know things just really aren't going in the direction that you were hoping they would. Are there any course correction strategies or are there conversations people should be having so that they can either fix things or pick a direction that might be working? I'm, I'm wondering if you might have any strategies you'd recommend for people who find themselves in a place where they just don't feel successful with their strategic planning. Yeah, I, I, as, as you mentioned, I, I kind of touched on this a little bit when I talked about like the agility of the OKR process or the, the system. So we continually review what's going on with the with the team. It's not something that you do by yourself and then give the team the the results. It's it's a continuous process. It's it's a it's a collaboration process. You cannot figure out what's lacking by yourself. You need to really understand what are the the problems by wearing their shoes, right? Put yourself in 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 their process. Try to listen. Um, it's not. It's not something you defend. It's not like um, this is something I built. I spent hours trying to think about these objectives and trying to think about key results. We're, we're, we're focusing on helping the organization grow and uh, reaching the, the vision that we set for ourselves. No matter how long that will take us, it's, it's a process, right? We might fail. We we just need to learn from our uh, failure. We need to identify the the mistakes and the problems and, and try to fix them. And it, it's not a one person job. Uh, you need the the whole team to to do that. That's why it's it's key to communicate uh, early on in the process, and then try to do your best to to deliver the tasks and help to achieve these key results. Two things that you just said made me smile. One is collaboration. I think it's so important. And I, I think you're absolutely right about the idea that people really do need to come together to work on this as a group. And along those lines, what you shared about strategic planning not being a one-person job, I think is so important for people to hear, especially in organizations where perhaps leaders sometimes think that strategic planning should fall to them. When you bring mm -hmm. your full team together, I think you start to see some of the successes that you've really enjoyed, especially through the chapter, those opportunities really to allow everyone to be part of that process, benefit from everyone's ideas and thoughts and that brainstorming that comes with it. I think you see stronger strategic plans from that. So I'm so glad that you mentioned that. Right, right. And, and you'll have the buy-in, right? When yeah. you involve them in the process, they'll be committed. They'll be um, enthusiastic about supporting uh, you and supporting the, the whole mission. Uh, so yeah, why not? I love that. I kind of have a bigger question now too. All of the information you've been sharing has really kind of got me thinking about that next level. In L&D, 
there are so many of us who have that question about how talent development can get a seat at the table. How can we make sure that our initiatives and priorities are heard by organizational executives, for example? And I know that a lot of what you've shared today has been really based on some of the great work that you've been doing with the chapter. And so much of that aligns nicely for people who are working in organizations thinking about their own strategic planning process. And I'm wondering how you have experienced or if you have seen how a talent development or an L&D strategic plan might integrate in with an organizational strategic plan. Do you have any thoughts or tips on how people might be able to start conversations in their companies that can ensure that their strategic priorities are heard at that organizational level? And as as we talked about it, it's it's not only for the leaders to figure out a plan for the whole organization and then um, require the employees or the members just to apply the, the plan and hope for the best. It's something that starts from bottom up. Uh, you need to hear all the voices. You need to hear what are the things that worked at the, in the past. What are the things that uh, they struggled with in, in the past? Communication is key. And y- you need to involve all the, all the players to really have the, the good uh, strategic planning that will not just help you achieve the, the vision, but help create a, a healthy cultural, a healthy environment within uh, whatever organization, whatever profile you're working um, in. So for talent development, for any organization um, looking to establish a good strategic planning, start from bottom up. Listen to your team members, listen to your uh, employees. Try to find out uh, what's been working, what are the things that they want to accomplish, and then try to link that back to the overall organization's uh, mission. So it's it's a bottom-up and up-down process. Try to link things together, and I'm, I'm sure you will end up with, with a good strategic planning. And on, one last thing, it's, it's an agile process. Don't, don't wait all the way until the end of the year to assess whether this is working or not. You have to revisit there the, the plan every time you meet with your um, just to identify any problems and address them before things just go out of hand. I love that. And it makes it so active for people who are part of the process and so inclusive for teams to make sure everyone's voice is heard. Those are some wonderful mm-hmm. insights. I'm wondering, too, if there are any resources that you use or that you'd recommend to those of us who are listening to today's episode and are hoping to continue to increase our capacity when it comes to uh, strategic planning. Yeah, sure. So the must-have resource is the one that I use to create the strategic planning for COPs which is the Beginner's Guide to OKR by Flip Castro. It, it's, a, a, I believe, a 20-page document, very easy to read, very smooth. I really highly recommend to um, reading that before you start your strategic planning. That's great. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that sounds like a must-read. Yeah. <laughs> yes, Bashra, I love the strategies that you have recommended to us. I know that some of us have certainly been in situations where strategic priorities have unexpectedly changed or budget Mm -hmm. cuts have come up. And so flexibility in redirection is certainly something that's important to consider. So thank you for sharing. Right. Yeah, sure. Okay, Bashra. At the end of every episode, 
We like to ask our guest five rapid fire style questions. Each question requires less than 60 seconds to respond. Are you ready for some rapid fire? Mm, yes. Yay. Okay. So <laughs> give us one book that all talent development professionals must read and why. The Five Second Rule by Mel Robbins. Um, it's a great book for people who need to overcome procrastination. And I really recommend reading that. I love it. And she has a great TED Talk on it as well. Yes. Yes. She does, yeah. Okay. So give us one tool that you recently learned about and immediately started using. Ooh, that has to be Torah 12. It's an open source LMS. I needed to learn it for my work at the Department of Interior and I, I applied it as soon as I learned it. Ooh. So what is the title again? Torah. Ooh, I love it. Okay. There you go. Yeah. I'm going to try that tomorrow. so what's the best piece of talent development related advice that you ever been given um work faster stronger and smarter rather than harder uh this advice has been uh, given to me by uh, my uh previous uh supervisor at uh, ctex cyber media technologies Ooh, smart okay what's one thing you're excited about that's coming up in the next year well, that's easy. I am looking forward to starting a new position at the Fairfax University of America. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! So what are you excited about, or rather, what are you grateful for within our talent development industry and our ATD community? I am really grateful for uh, working with talent professionals who are full of energy and have great enthusiasm to spread knowledge and share resources like you, Chris like Leticia, Stephanie, Helena, all the uh, group. It's, it's been amazing working with you. Oh, that's awesome. And great rapid fire. Thank you. <laughs> Bashra, we cannot thank you enough for joining us today. This has been phenomenal as far as the insights and the ideas that can help us to become much better and more intentional when it comes to our strategic planning. You're welcome, Stephanie. And I've been really honored to be part of your podcast. Oh, we've loved it. And of course, a big thank you to my co-hosts as well. Thank you, ladies. Yes, thank you. This was so enlightening. I love it. Thank you. And of course, many thanks to our community for listening today. Before you go, we have a message from our producer, Helena Hodges. Membership in the Metro DCATD provides you with multiple benefits to enhance your career. Not a member yet? What are you waiting for? Go to dcatd.org forward slash membership application to join our chapter today. Follow the Metro DC chapter of ATD on LinkedIn today.